I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? In the Bonus. Fox Sports Radio. Um, I want to, I want to start with something that is, uh, that is, uh, that is interesting to me. Okay, that is super interesting to me. Um, is apparently LeBron James was sitting on his couch last night watching NBA games. And this is the guy who, by the way, um, he, he likes to be liked. Right? We would all agree LeBron likes to be liked. And this was the tweet from last night. Man, Bronny definitely better than some of these cats I've been watching on League Pass today. Shit, lightweight, hilarious. So, um, and then I saw there's a, a a network on three, which is, I think on three is owned by the Fertitas, right? And they're kind of taking over youth sports and not for the better. They're buying up all the different youth sports things. And then they, they own the uniform makers as well. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, it's just a, a complete moneymaker on three listed Bronny James as the ninth best um, high school player in the country, which is, it's, it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> okay. And, and, and here's the thing. What happens when you're going to, when you say what I say is it will no question get relayed to people that I'm some sort of hater. 
Now, you know, you didn't see him at Peach Jam last year, and he was awesome at Peach Jam last year. Like, okay. I didn't, I didn't go to Peach Jam last year. No, I was actually coaching in Israel, so I didn't. I've seen the film. He played really, really well. Right? Um, but I've also watched him play multiple times this season. And honestly, I'm like, when is he, gonna, when is he ever going to take over a high school game? He, he played at Sierra Canyon, who they had a disappointing season this year though everybody kept ranking them and putting them in big games and putting them in the open division championship. The open division tournament is you have your division you play in, and then they just select at random like the best teams in California. Sierra Canyon was at best the third, maybe fourth best team in their league. Now, the league is called the Mission League, and it is the best high school league in the Western United States, one of the best in the country. But he also wasn't a top 10 player, my top five player in that league. He just wasn't. There's a there's two kids at Notre Dame. Um, Dusty Stromer's going to Gonzaga. He's awesome. And there's uh, Percy Miller's son, Mercy Miller, plays at Notre Dame as well. He's committed to Houston next year. He's only a junior. He's better. There's there's a bunch of other players. Um, and I mean, it's at Sierra Canyon. I don't know. He's the second or third best player. Like he's he's good. He's a six-two combo guard who's really athletic. Can shoot. Can can catch and shoot. Um, obviously, he can jump and dunk, but he doesn't take over games. And when you say about a high school kid playing high school basketball, the best thing about him is his defense. It's it's like, hey, what's she look like? Well, she's got a great personality. That's what it is. I mean. I, I just try and be honest. I think he's bright. I think he's talented. I think he's athletic. I think he can shoot. I think he's going to be a good teammate. But you know what he's not? He's not a top 10 player in the country. And I get a chance at times to coach these kids in some of these different events and evaluate him. And I would just tell you, like, again, I'm just waiting. And this, there's no hatred towards LeBron because I don't think LeBron's the best player ever. But the idea that, that LeBron is sitting at home be like, yeah, my son, who I, I, everyone's seen like there was an alley-oop against Crespi. Crespi's a all-boys private school. It's one of the bottom teams in that league. But again, it's all about how good that league is. And, oh, he had this incredible dunk off an out-of-bounds out play. Yeah, he had four points in the game. Four points in the game. And, and they lost. And the and the, and the point is, or I think, well, maybe they actually, they, they won, excuse me, they won a close one. And, you know, the, the point is, like, we're buying into Twitter hype, YouTube hype, LeBron hype. And I, I, on some level, I feel bad for, uh, for Bronny. And then the other part to it is, it's the, my high school coach, who's now, a, who then was a junior college coach, and now he's, Back helping in high school, but he's basically retired. His, his, his name is Andy Ground. He had a saying, and it was a good one, which is, hey, you know, don't worry about it. He's a dad. Dads are blinded by love. And LeBron James is blinded by love. And on three is blinded by the name Bronny James. This is not hatred. This is reality. Because what you're saying is, okay, like what you're saying is that even though most anybody who goes to these games and events thinks these kids are better. Uh, that you you know more. 
because you saw this here. And and by elevating him a level above his actual talent, you're creating expectations for Bronny, which aren't fair. That's not who he is. He's not that good. It doesn't make him bad. It doesn't mean he can't make it. But let the natural progress take place. You know? And, oh yeah, by the way, no matter what LeBron says, it's what he actually tweets. Like, that's his real feelings there. So any of these coaches who he thinks Bronny's going to go play for, he can say, like, man, just play Bronny, don't play Bronny, do whatever he earns. That's great. He thinks that Bronny can play in the NBA now. So what do you think he thinks he can do in college? I just, it's, it, the whole thing is stunning. And while it's really, really cool to have a dad invested in hoops, I deal with dads every day of the week running a youth program. And there's good ones and there's annoying ones. And there's, and, and, but most of them are like LeBron, where they think their son is better than they actually are. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Let's get to what the Fox says. And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? This is Brady Quinn. He said this about Aaron Rodgers and all that comes with having him on your team. If you're buying into him, you're buying into what could be, I don't know, a, a year more of football, two, maybe three. It's hard to get a sense. I mean, the, the, the thing about him this past offseason and really the past couple of offseasons is I actually think it's hurt him at this point because he's been so open and so transparent and maybe even honest to a fault that it's, it's provided a, a window into his decision-making process and his personal life and everything else. The, the, the whole thing is a bit bizarre. And so I, I wonder if there's a sense of teams who they might be interested, but they're a little bit worried about every single offseason having to deal with a soap opera or having to deal with a bunch of curveballs thrown your way where he might be contemplating retirement and life and everything else. I mean, LeVar, you know how the NFL works. Like, they like simple. They don't like complicated. And the reality is life is complicated for, I think, everyone out there. But the NFL works in this world of, like, simplicity where they're like, well, if you become too much of an issue, we'll move on from you. Now, talent always will supersede that. But once the talent becomes equated to the drama that you bring, that's where we cut cut bait. Yeah, I mean, like, look, there's, he's just a lot. That's it. He's a crazy, crazy talented dude. And I think the hope is, the hope is that he gets there. He's working with a quarterback coach who he's close friends with. And he goes, you know what? This is, this is fun. This is new. I want to keep doing it. I mean, I, I, I think the, the, the goal, the whole thought is, hey, and, and I said this at the time, when Tom Brady took off his helmet at Lambeau Field, he took off his helmet at Lambeau Field and um, after beating the Packers and remember this is going back a couple years ago when the Packers kicked a field goal instead of going for it on fourth down although like no one ever mentions that Aaron Rodgers made some mistakes there on that drive on on previous drives whatever they kick a field goal they don't win the game and Tom Brady takes off his helmet and you know like dude looks like a supermodel i mean he's getting younger we're all getting older his hair's perfect he's got you know suntan whereas Aaron Rodgers look like the oldest grizzly bear man ever and and i i said this after the super bowl right remember russell wilson was sitting next to the commissioner and he saw tom brady win a super bowl with the new team it was at that moment that both of those guys were like what am i doing what am i doing You know, I just, this relationship has run its course. I want something new and fresh. And that does recharge you. That does oftentimes bring back those old feelings. That's what it did for Brady. Brady's plan was, hey, I'm going to go in, go play two years, and then I'm going to, I'm going to cut and I'm going to go and and be retired. And he won a Super Bowl in the first one. And he's like, man, I'm Tom Brady. What's my favorite Super Bowl? The next one. Then you come up short in year two and you start to think to yourself, what, what am I going to do in retirement after he retired? Because that was the plan and end up coming back. There is a, is a drug and newness also is a drug. So I, I understand what Brady's saying. I believe it to be true that there's a lot that comes with it. 
but I don't think the Jets are getting on a plane today to fly to see Aaron Rodgers to 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 figure out how to make the contract work, how to make the trade work, how to make it all work if they think it's just going to be a one-year deal. It's probably a two-year deal, and Aaron Rodgers is going to get there, and he's going to be immediately recharged and go to the OTAs he wouldn't go to before and, and maybe try and mentor Zach Wilson the way he didn't mentor uh, Jordan Love and whatever and be a different guy for a short period of time. But but this is where this is where Brady is probably right, which is at the end of the day, you are who you are. And eventually you get back to being that guy. I think that's what happened with Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady's a creature of habit. And one of the reasons he didn't like working with Bruce Arians is there's nothing wrong with Bruce as a guy. He's just not super buttoned up. He's just not. I mean, he, at five o'clock, we're hitting the bar, fellas. That's what we're doing. We're having a good time. And that's not who Brady is. And it frustrated him. And drove him mad. So at the end of the day, you you do resort to who you are. You know, if you've been a recluse and then all of a sudden you you get a divorce and you start partying and being and womanizing and whatever, like at some point you're going to get back to being the guy who, you know, I really don't like going out. That's not who I am. I just, I had to get out and, and just explore for a little bit. This is, um, this is Shannon Sharp. He said this about the reported players only meeting that Stephen Adams held prior to John Morant's gun flashing video incident. Yeah, it's disappointing, Skip, because you have a veteran guy in Steven Adams noticing that there's something. And Shams also reported, like, everybody know who he was talking about. Yeah. He didn't call any names. But everyone that was in the meeting knew exactly who he was talking about. And instead of adhering to what Steven Adams was saying, what did y'all do? Got his bags and went out. So I'm going to say that was the old job. You know, sometimes, Skip, I I think, uh, uh, you know, guys, and that's why I say it all the time, Skip, you cannot fool the guys in the locker room. You might be able to fool some of the media members. You might be able to fool some of the outside public. But you can't fool the guys in the locker room because they see you more than anyone. You can't fool. They know you as well, if not better, than your own family because guess what, Skip? You are around them all the time. If you have a problem... They're going to know about it. If you're going out on road trips every single night, you put your bag, soon as you hit the town, you set your bag down and you're off and running or you have your boys or someone come pick you up. They know about it. And so Stephen Adams saw that this was a problem. Well, I, I, we all should have seen it was a problem. You know, there's an IG live of him. Remember, was it the all-star break last year where he's just pounding what looked like tequila. There's some other stuff where he was on trips with just pounding booze. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, twice Jaws age almost. And I'm not a huge drinker, but you know what I can't do is I can't grab a bottle of tequila and knock it down. Um, there were some signs there and, and Shannon's right. I've said this for a long time. You can't fool players. You can't. Players see, know everything. They may not tell everybody everything, but they see and know everything. And um, th- the problem with Ja is he clearly wasn't listening and didn't value Stephen Adams' conversation. Here's Dan Patrick talking about Geno Smith and the NFL's quarterback market. Seahawks gave Geno Smith a three-year deal, and this is a win-win because I looked at Geno Smith and I thought, all right. Had a really good year. 17 starts, 30 touchdown passes, 11 interceptions, led the league in completion percentage, career backup, and he has revitalized his career in Seattle. And I thought, okay, 
do something smart and find that kind of middle ground, that uh, safe landing for everybody. And I always go back to a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky. If Trubisky said to the Bears, pay me $28 million a year, $30 million a year. Give me three years for $95 million. Give me 60 guaranteed. He'd still be there. Now, you might say they're better off with Justin Fields, but I'm just talking about from the quarterbacking standpoint. When you go, hey, I'm next up. I want 45. I want 50. All I want to do is find a safe landing area where I can continue to be a starting quarterback, get great money, life-changing money, without going to a backup role with somebody else. Well, I I think how I read the quarterback market is um, it's interesting. You know, Daniel Jones offered somewhere in the mid-30s neighborhood, wants 45, and we see Derek Carr who gets basically two years at 60, that's $30 million. And really they own his rights for four, but even in the third year, there's only 10 guaranteed. And then you see Geno Smith and he basically gets what, 25 a year. That's about right. I mean, that actually may be overpaying Geno Smith because we have a decade of other work that says he's not, not a long-term fit as a starter. But, I mean, like, look, this solidifies that he doesn't have to look over his shoulder for a year. And then year two, they'd like him to still probably be grooming whoever they draft when they draft one. And worst case scenario, the rookie ends up taking over, you know, in year two. And then after year two, he's gone. But the point is, like, this is the market. And you can tell me all you want about Daniel Jones' age. This is his second contract. Now he's, if, if the Giants are to let him walk, this is about his market. It's, it's not a brand new house, okay? The house has been lived in for five years or four years now. We know who we think Daniel Jones is, and he's still improving. But at some point, like, this is your value. The market has spoken. And I think it actually helps the Giants more than anything else. And that's what the Fox says. What does the Fox say? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's find out who Jason Stewart thinks is annoying. And now, it's your annoying. Hey, Doug, um, you know, um, Brown's reporter, Mary Kay Cabot, she's she's very reliable. Uh, She reported this morning that Deshaun Watson is quote-unquote open to restructuring his contract um, to not handcuff the Browns and this salary cap. Um, I, th- I find it uh, both annoying but very gracious that a guy who uh, forced many women against their will to perform sexual acts on him um, and then got rewarded by a team uh, for what, $250 million guaranteed, whatever it was, I-, I find it very gracious of him to be willing to restructure that deal, still get all the money, uh, but you know, restructure it to make things work for the team. He's just a team guy. Oh yeah, he's he's an absolute angel. Um, he got three years up front from Houston and never played a down under that contract. Then he got a fully guaranteed contract when he came to Cleveland. And by the way, part of, um, part of, part of the entire argument. Um, with uh, with Deshaun Watson and and the money that he's getting is I mean part of the whole idea of restructuring the deal is you'll get again more signing bonus more cash up front and then kick that kick that tax down the cur- kick that down the street so it it sounds altruistic hey I want to help you guys out the problem with it is the reality is he'll actually make more money of it make more cash get more guaranteed this way so you're right. He is not any even close to being <laughs> even close to being uh, some sort of altruistic, uh, gentle character. Um, now, I'll end with more heavier topic. But this this was my favorite thing that happened last night. Um, for those who didn't see the Celtics were tied with the with the Cavs. Uh, Grant Williams had two free throws. If he makes one free throw, uh, the Celtics win. He missed them both. But you see him on camera as Donovan Mitchell is trying to talk shit. You see Grant Williams saying, I will make both of these. Uh, Donovan Mitchell talked about it after the game. Just mess with him mentally and just see what happens, you know. Um, I have no doubt in my mind if Grant's in that position again tomorrow or the next day, he's going to make both free throws. But just trying to, you know, find a way. Like, he's, he's a great player. He's a good player. You know, just trying to find a way <clears throat> to just... 
getting his head a little bit. And the Cavs eventually won. Um, but what I found annoying about it was if, if you're Grant Williams in that situation, just keep your mouth shut and shoot the free throws. <laughs> Don't add to the already tense situation by calling your shot that you're going to make both free throws. Uh, Grant Williams has to learn from that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Grant Williams is getting clowned today. I don't mind him saying I'm going to make both, but you got to make both. Uh, second one was in and out, didn't miss it bad. First one, I wasn't was I think it was a little short, but but the the amazing part about this entire thing, okay, the amazing part about this entire thing, is that, um, I mean, here we are, we're 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 sitting here uh, watching this last night. I'm just watching it last night. I was actually at a. Uh, at a casino in Vegas, watching it in the sports book. And, you know, he says, I'll make it. And you're like, I'll make both of them. You're like, dude, that is the moneyest call your shot of all time. But if you're going to, if you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Uh, Any more? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, it, it reminded me of uh, Matt Hasselbeck for the Seahawks. I think what was it an overtime yeah. in the playoff game? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we'll take the ball and we're gonna win. <laughs> Actually, you didn't win. You didn't. And you should probably keep your mouth shut in that moment. But anyways, um, I know you have thoughts on this. You and Kendrick Perkins went back and forth on this um, a week ago on Twitter. Uh, JJ Redick had some balls today as he he went on first take and said this. I mean, no offense to you. And I mean no offense to first take, because I think this show is extremely valuable. It is an honor to be on this desk every day. It really is. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show, where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist, that are, they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. I you ju not, yes, you did. did yes, you did. Not, did yes, you did. That I is exactly not, what you implied, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly what you implied. Secondly, hold on, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. And you're not about to sit up We all know what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied just now. Hold on. I stated the facts. One at a time. It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. Now, I know, I think you made this point too, but the thing I find annoying about this is that Kendrick is denying that he's, he's uh, accusing any racism here. Now, knowing Kendrick a little bit, I don't know if he's gaslighting us or if he actually thinks that he is just stating facts that happen to allege racism uh, on the people that cover the NBA. But it's just annoying that he's not quite at a point where he's willing to admit that. Okay, so there's a, there's, let's, let's go through a couple of these things, okay? And this, this is important. First thing is, like, I like Kendrick Perkins. Like, I don't and, – and, and the way I work is, like, you're going to say – everybody in this business is going to say some stupid shit at some time. Okay? When we talk enough and we give enough of our opinion, we're going to say some stupid shit. I don't know I, – I truly – I'm with you. I don't know if he understands what he's actually saying, what he's – what and, and the worst – honestly, the worst part of the whole thing is, like, he wants to do all this real talk shit, but then he's implying things – which is the opposite of real talk. I'm, he was like, because the original thing was, I'm just going to ask a question. Why do, why was Steve Nash and Jokic and Dirk, why'd they get the MVP when they didn't get to the bar of number of amount of points per game, which by the way was statistically incorrect with, with Dirk 
and uh, and I think with Jokic last year. But regardless, and and what he meant by it was because they're white. This fucking shit has to stop right now. It's fucking embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It just like every conversation is not about how did we get to this place. How are we in this space to where do you really think NBA voters like, dude, just word to note. What did you guys always used to do with Rome? Note to memo Kendrick to, memo Perkins. To. Memo to Kendrick Perkins. The NBA is is without any question the most liberal league in any league, maybe anywhere in the world, covered by the most liberal human beings ever. Now, this is the point I made with Rob Parker, which is when you're a white dude in the NBA, the bar isn't lower. It's actually higher. That's the way it works in basketball, that when you're a white dude, people think you don't belong. That's just the reality of it. Okay, and it's it's a reality because generally the game has been dominated by men of a darker skin pigment. (laughs) That's just the reality. And if anything, my guess would be most voters, again, it's just a guess, most voters actually hold that lack of athleticism or lack of whatever or lack of size or lack of, you know, for Steve Nash scoring or whatever you want to hold against somebody. They hold that lack of history of success of somebody with with paler skin against them. That's actually what most people think who actually play. And... He's playing up to that, okay? But this idea that that voters give a special treatment to white guys is, and Drew Hanlon, who's a workout guy, I mean, he's uttering this fucking bullshit on Twitter today. What are you talking about, Drew? Like, they voted for Jokic over Embiid because Jokic is white? Like, he's not, they're not even American. Like, what are you talking about? This is literally the first time ever in basketball that uh, a foreign-born white guy is on the same level as an American-born white guy. They're just not. I, like, if, 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 if we did the kind of races, most people in the NBA view Europeans as, like, a separate race. Like, Giannis is European. He doesn't even get credit for being black. <laughs> That's the reality to it. And by the way, most people think Europeans are soft, right? That was their reputation always. Europeans were soft. Um, white guys in the NBA are just shooters, right? And, and the only real ones are people with, with, with darker skin. By the way, if you want to do, like, have you ever noticed that no one has ever said, Jason Kidd, for example, is mixed race. No one ever says he's half white. They just don't. But I, I don't. Race is never an issue in voting. And especially, do you think it's really an issue in NBA voting? This is the stupidest fucking argument I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. I can't handle it anymore. It just makes people, it makes, it honestly makes people so like, I just, I can't even have a comment. Listen to people talk about the NBA. And again, like, I generally like Kendrick Perkins because, like, he's a lot like most of the stuff. A lot of the shit he says is a lot like most of the dudes I played with. But this idea that like, like I, I don't even I don't even know where how that that starts. Like, if if your argument is against Jokic winning the MVP, fine, okay. I'm like I would I just I I don't it's it, it's insulting, but the worst part about it is he either doesn't know that what what he's saying is uh, uh, 
racial stereotyping or accusing people of racial bias, right? He either doesn't know or he does know and he doesn't have the nuts to say it. That's it. He doesn't have the nuts to say it. So, you know, I, 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 I can't help you, dude. Like, look, the MVP is a regular season award. And, and so some guys have eliminated themselves because of injury. Like Kevin Durant should have won the MVP last year, but he got hurt. Right? You know, Steph Curry's been hurt every year. He can't win it. LeBron James keeps getting hurt and obviously doesn't play the defense he used to. You know, there, there was a time when Carl Malone won the MVP right at the end of Jordan's run. And the only reason he won the MVP was people were just, they had Jordan fatigue. That actually happened. But none of these guys are actually, so the, the, the problem with first take, okay, and we said this on radio is, you either have crusty, super old, really more baseball New Yorker mad dog, or you have guys that don't have any sort of historical knowledge and just got out of the NBA like JJ, who had the, who had the audacity to say, Larry Bird's not a great, one of the all, best all-time three-point shooters. Like, again, that's J.J. was born when Larry Bird was finished playing. He doesn't have any idea what he's talking about. Zero. And he, he can't. It's why I don't talk about Wilt Chamberlain. One thing I know about Wilt is what my dad told me. I never saw him play live. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, my memories of him were when he was over the hill playing for the Lakers. So you have guys that are they're not equipped for no other reason than they're not and, and by the way, when you're a basketball player coming up, like I studied it, I watched it a ton. But even then, like, I, you know, if you play in the NBA, you don't really have time when you're in college. You're not watching NBA hoop every night. That wasn't how it is. You're playing. You go to the gym, you work out, you go to practice, you got school, you got girls, you got whatever. You might watch a game every now and again, but you also you watch college games. So there's like a, a window there of four years for JJ, which you didn't watch NBA games. Then you're playing you don't watch all the other NBA teams play. You don't worry about it. You don't care. You're caring about your own life and your own career. So I just, but, but this, this race discussion is, it's, it's, in, it's insulting. It's insulting to people like, so you're telling me that NBA voters, which we don't even know the racial background, by the way, because what we're acute, we're, here's what we're also saying. Kendrick Perk is also saying everybody who co- covers the NBA and votes on the NBA MVP is white and majority of them are racist. That's what he's saying. First of all, the, the, that is not the demo of the NBA who covers the NBA. It's very, very, very mixed. I mean, my issue is that you have people covering the NBA who vote on the NBA awards that shouldn't be voting on NBA awards. Uh, yeah, Kendrick Perkins is annoying. <laughs> I was going to say, Deshaun Watson, um, our guy Grant Williams, or Kendrick Perkins? It Kendrick like- Perkins, not close. Kendrick Perkins, you're annoying. Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. All right, pick of the day comes from college basketball. As we get you ready, championship week continues to roll on. And uh, we got some we got some interesting ones here. Um, uh, Virginia Tech takes on Notre Dame t- tonight. It's the last game Mike Bray will coach. Uh, give me Virginia Tech big. Notre Dame did have one big late season win where they beat Pittsburgh. Okay, that was Mike Bray's last home game. Then they go down to Clemson and get beat by 23 points. So uh, they lost to Virginia Tech by six at home, 
but this is where they have packed it up for the year and they are done. Virginia Tech will win. Virginia Tech will cover. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Check us out tomorrow. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.